Welcome to our podcast, Retail Therapy. Each week, my co-host and I will be talking about our real-life experiences in the world of retail. We will be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and hold nothing back. We make it off-topic from time to time, but this podcast is really about two friends sharing our experiences and opening up to you about what our life experiences are in the world of retail. Welcome back to our podcast, guys. I'm your host, Sydney, with my host here. This is Ricky. How's everybody? Good, good, I hope. Um, Keep liking, keep subscribing, and keep listening, guys. Um, I guess let's jump right into it, unless you have any topics Um, you want to talk about today. It's not really a topic, and it's kind of a a somber note. Um, One rapper that I really like, enjoyed his music and really liked his message. He was shot at his own store over some, like, dumb gangster shit. That he really is just telling dude to go away. Like, like my heart goes out to like Nipsey Hussle's family, his friends, yeah, and like all the people who like listen to his music because that was a good dude. He was like a good person in the community. Yeah, and I know he's working with like cops to try to figure out like what we can do to like lessen gangs in the area. He was yeah. trying to solve. He was trying to solve a problem that politicians have been trying to like work on for years and he was making more progress than anyone else like, yeah because he probably cared more than politicians do he was unfortunately yeah that guy could go make millions and he would bring it all back yeah to where he lived he was basically blind back buying back the block and like really trying to do something and really changing people's lives and he's still doing that through his music so yeah um let's just honor him by playing some of his music um whatever platform that you have um just give it a few spins sometimes um, <clears throat> so changing gears from a less somber <laughs> so note. Less somber, yeah. What? What is our topic today? Today's topic is what is the most valuable lesson you learned working in retail. I had I came up with two points. I felt like there was two things that I really learned the most that are like kind of really meaningful. I think for me, um, I guess I'll start. I think the first thing is know your worth. Only you can know your worth. Only you know how you should be treated. Only you know how you should treat others. Um, You need to understand what's right for you and only you can know that. And if the situation is not right, then you need to realize that and you, you need to walk away. But you also need to do it at your own time and your own pace. I think that a lot of people try to like influence you. I felt like that for me. I felt a lot of people were trying to tell me what to do. At times where I was even happy there, they were kind of like, this is really what you want to be doing with the rest of your life? Like just putting doubt. And there was a time that I was happy working in retail and I wanted to move up and I wanted to be a store manager and I had a lot of like negative hate. Um, I always think people will always give you advice whether you want it or not. People are just like built for that. But I think you have to listen to everyone's advice because there might be something in there that you don't, you never thought of. But I think that you need to take it and do with it what you will. Whether it goes in one ear and out the other or whether you ponder it for a while or whatever you want to do with it. But people will always, always give you advice. And there's one coworker which I think Ricky knows who I'm talking about, would always give advice whether you want it or not. It got to the point where 
I didn't want any of it at all times. Yeah. Um, but I let him talk. So that's how I was raised. I think there's a certain level of giving out advice. Yeah. I mean, you can give... You have to read the situation. Yeah. Sometimes you don't need... <clears throat> sorry. Sometimes you don't need a lecture. Sometimes you just need an ear to talk yeah. to. Really, sometimes you just need people to listen to you. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like people talk just to hear their own voice or to validate something that they're trying to prove. Right. Versus like recognizing your situation yeah. and your feelings and being like, okay, I see your perspective on this. You know, maybe try this instead of just being like, you should do this. You should do this, that, and the other. Because I've been in a situation similar to yours. I always hate when people say that. Because they don't know what you're going through. Yeah. Everybody fronts what they're going through. Everybody bends the truth just a little bit because nobody really wants to like bear themselves. Right. So I hate when people are like, oh, I've been in a situation similar to this and this is what I did, so you should do it too. It's like you don't know my situation. You don't know the things that I've been through, the things that I'm going through, the things that I'm feeling. So I get that you might have had a similar situation, but you don't know how I'm going through. Right. And I think that people need to approach that, too. Right. As that way. Um, but also, under the status of knowing your worth, is you have to trust yourself. You know? Um, only you know what's good and what's best for you. And you have to trust that. And it's hard. I want to make big life choices myself most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being an adult sucks. And you have to make those terrible decisions. But at the end of the day, I'm going to die with me. I'm not going to die knowing that what Ricky told me and I listened to, it didn't end up working for me because he's not going to, he may or may not be there the day that I die. Only I'm going to be there and I'm going to look back at my life. You want to look back and be like, I have no. That's the truth. Know. That's the truth. I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I totally agree with that, with that sentiment. Um, you, know, you, you were you and as similar as we may appear to be, we don't know what goes on in the minds of people or what kind of demons they're battling or what kind of, like, stress that they're under. Yeah. You see, you only see what you... Want, they you, want you to you see, You only kind of. see what you want to see. Yeah. Like, you, sometimes you don't even see what they want you That's to see. That's true, yeah. I mean, they're, they're giving you their perspective on, on your life, and the fact of the matter is they only have a small, like sample size of your life not a not a whole picture of it right so it's important that you take you take advice with a grain of salt with a grain of salt yeah but also you know you have to take advice based on what pe based on the person that's telling you as well yeah. sometimes you can get advice for some people and they can look you dead in the eye but they're telling you the wrong advice because they have some like ulterior motive or something yeah that's why or they're joking and you know People are messy. Yeah. That's why you need to People figure out what's right for you. Yeah. And only you can do that, which is why I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is know your worth. Absolutely. Um, and then I just had another one, unless you want to have any points before I dive into mine. <laughs> um, so the first one is pretty much the same thing. It's like people are people. People, like I said before, people are messy. People are um, selfish. Uh, people can be dangerous sometimes, um, and they can be judgmental. Um, yeah. On the flip side, I do think the same people 
are just human beings and they're trying to understand their human experience. And, um, you know, sometimes their heart might be in the right place. Yeah, sometimes it is, but they don't know how to get it across. Right, right. And hmm, I think I think that's I think that's the toughest thing is like when you are taking advice. You know, this person means well. Sometimes they f- you feel you may feel like they're not qualified to yeah. like really speak on what's going on. Yeah. And you know, like getting back to my point, like I think people can also be like amazing, like awesome and inspiring at the yeah. same time. And I feel like people are multifaceted mm-hmm. and sometimes those like we look up to may not be as great as we thought they were. And then there's those who we don't see in the best light. We can see like strong qualities in that person. Yeah. And I think it's important that we we spend more time looking for the good qualities and then the bad qualities. And I'm not talking like if it becomes toxic get out of that shit yeah but like for sure if that person's heart is in the right place if you know if they're really really trying to help you with no ulterior ulterior motive (laughs) then yeah you can you can definitely find the good in what they have to say yeah and i think when when you were talking i thought of like two people i talk about our old boss who was a very inspiring person to work for and he just had this like way about him where he could be funny, but he could also make sure that people would do their job. And I think a lot of people would like, they ride and died for him. I mean, if he tells you, I want you to jump over a bridge, I think probably <laughs> a lot of us would have. I mean, he just had this way where he could be your friend or he can be someone that you can confide in or talk to. But he also, at the end of the day, would make numbers happen right um right and he was definitely one person that i always looked up to i was like i want to be that kind of leader like so many people stayed because of him so many people came back from college because of him mm-hmm. like he just he has this like w- amazing quality about him that just gets people to yeah. to work for him yeah um yeah. Uh, one of my friends <clears throat> was talking to him and he raised this point saying like um a lot of times our heroes heroes are frauds mm-hmm. not in a negative i know that sounds negative but it's not <laughs> in a negative point of view uh i think at times we might like unintentionally idolize someone who we look up to mm-hmm. and we might see them in this like perfect light like they can do no wrong like i don't understand how they do things but yeah whatever they're doing it's it's, it's magical it's working um but then you might see them on like i don't know like an off day or you see them act out of character one day. Um, and, it, and it can be a little devastating sometimes. Because it's like, I saw you interact with this person one way and it was inspiring. And then I saw you the same thing. I saw you treat someone else who did the same thing, the different reaction. Mm-hmm. But you knew that the reaction that you were going to get was going to be a negative one from them. You just mm-hmm. wanted to poke the bear. Yeah. And it's like, man... This is this is who I'm looking up to. Yeah, but it, you know, but we're all like I said, you know, people, all, people are people. Yeah, we all have our down days, and I think working retail 
you see the worst in people, yeah. not only customers, but you see the worst in each other, your yeah. employees. I've seen everyone on their good days and I've seen everyone on their bad days. And sometimes I've seen bad days, multiple days in a row, just like a <laughs> spiraling effect. When yes. one person gets in that mood, it's just like everyone around just starts getting in that. I mean, yeah. you definitely see when you work with people, I think just generally in a long, t for a long time and being in like a, sketchy job and just like you know always being like tense you definitely see like the worst right in each other right and when i like deconstruct that idea that i just like gave i think about it and like we used to do these meetings and you know one of the leaders would be like look say something nice about person sitting next to you and then sometimes there would be someone who like speaks up and it's like surprise you yeah by like what they have to say about you like the good things that they have to say about you yeah and you would have no clue where they were coming from but it's like wow really you think that highly of me i love those meetings but at the same time for for myself i was like if you only knew how i really <laughs> felt <laughs> like if you only knew like you you kind of drive me a little crazy yeah but like it makes you take a step back and realizing that, like, we're frauds in a way, too. Because mm -hmm. it's like, we can we can judge people who we think are our heroes. And then we look back on ourselves and we might be, we might have, I don't know, that same quote-unquote aura to someone else. But deep down inside, we know, like, I got a lot of things to work on. I got to yeah. get better at a lot of things. Yeah. And I think, I think we forget to take a look at that on uh, on many occasions. I know... I know I did when dealing with a few different leaders, not just in our store, but like outside, like outside the company. It's like when I see them and, you know, they're presented to me in this like, this person does this, this person does that. They're great. They're amazing. And then it's like I get out in the field with them and then it's like a, it's a whole different person. And I'm like, I don't know this guy that you're describing, but yeah, that's he, not the experience. He's not that what I'm taking in. And they're like, and the people who told me about him, like, I don't know, man. Maybe it was an off day or something. Yeah. I'm like an off month. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you never know what someone's going through in their life. Yeah. It could catch um, them on a bad month or... Yeah. Um, but can I say, though, I loved those meetings. And I felt like towards the end, we didn't have those. And I... I those. Let me tell you, I fought for them to tell people they you need to, you need to tell people that you value them. Especially the people that are working under you. And I hated the freaking term we are all replaceable i hated it it made me feel like then what am i doing here if at the end of the day you're not valuing valuing me then why am i here why am i working overtime why am i coming in on my days off why am i not taking vacations not taking weekends off and i was always i think that i was a very strong advocate for that i was like mm -hmm. you need to tell your employees because i feel like in the beginning they would tell us that but yeah. towards the end, it was just like, no. Yeah. If you're not getting yelled at, then you need to assume <laughs> that you're doing something good. But you can't always tell people all of the negatives that they're doing. Absolutely. And not everyone needs to be coddled. Not yeah. everyone needs to be told that they're doing a good job. But it's also, on the other side, it's nice to hear that. Yeah. It's nice to hear that you're valued by your associates as well as your managers. I think you can go for a long stretch without telling someone good job and not realize it yeah it's taking think, a moment i think that happened more often than it should, than it should have yeah
And I always, I always fought for the associates because I hated, and I hated that term. And they would be like, we're all replaceable. I get that your job is replaceable. But see, I don't, But th- that's a contradictory to what they were teaching us. That's true. So was, I don't know if that's necessarily what company was what trying it, to push. It wasn't. But clearly that it was, was our store. what was being pushed on us. Yeah, I think it really was our store too. Like yeah. we were, we were held at such a high level. Like we were told that we were one of the best stores in the division. And it was true. When you move, when you went out and traveled and you see it like the slow pace that everyone is working, <laughs> you're like, damn, we're some hustlers. Like we go and we go hard. Yeah. Um, but they always would just, you're replaceable. And if I'm not yelling at you, then you need to assume that you're doing good. But it's like, you, you can't work like that. Yeah. And that gets you know, really intense and really toxic after a while. Yeah, just some a, food for thought. If any managers are listening out there, take a moment <laughs> to tell your team that they're doing a great job, whether they are or not. Lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's one of the biggest lessons in leadership. Yeah, is like you know the, the idea that um, the idea that leadership. Like adversity creates leadership. I th- I think that I don't think that. I think adversity reveals leadership and it reveals character. Um, when things are not going your way, when things are going bad, and you're not getting the results that you're looking for, um, I I hated it because we were told that you know we weren't good enough or like that we weren't uh, working hard when we were. Yeah. And it's a little, it's disingenuous and it's kind of crappy that, you know, we were told we're not doing good enough when we're not acknowledging the circumstances. And we're not talking about excuses. Only excuse you can make is if you're not trying, clearly we're trying. Yeah. And the results are just not coming in because of the other circumstances that are going on. And if we keep having the goalposts moved about what is good and what is not, um, know that's to me that's kind of shitty yeah it is because we're trying to we're we're ultimately trying to one we're trying to make gold but two we're trying to like we're seeking this is gonna sound bad we're seeking the approval of our leaders yeah to tell us good job i think that's with like any job like you want to you want to the approval from your boss because you want to feel like i am doing a good job and i do fit in here yeah I also feel like we shouldn't need that. We shouldn't, no. Like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't need to. Like, if you, if you, like, go in and actually do your job the best you can, at the end of the day, only opinion that matters is yours. Yeah. Like, I did a good enough job today. I don't care what anybody else says. And that's what it is. But I think it's human nature, too, to kind of... It is human nature. To seek approval from whether your spouse or... Yeah. Your friends or your boss. I would say get past it. Yeah. So I think my next point too, um, don't take it personally. This one is a very hard lesson for me in particular. I took that job so personally. Well, it's preached at you. Yeah. But I think I'm just the type of person to take things personal anyway. Um, so as hard as it may seem to understand, this is a job. They come, they go, life... You know, life changes, things happen, you move on, 
And the most important lesson that I've learned, especially right after I left, is they move on too. And they will move on a lot faster than you will. I feel like I'm just now starting to heal from working there. And it's been, what, three months? Um, I took it very personally. I think that when you're working a job, you need to have boundaries. You need to prioritize, like, what's important. For instance, I had a coworker, her brother-in-law passed away, and everyone was like, go, take off as much time as you need. I feel like if that were to happen at our job, they would be like, I'll give you two days max to figure it out. Like, I think that you need to have priorities. You need to know what's important. And so many times I've had to tell our old boss, like, if you have to, if you have to fire me, you have to fire me, but I need to take this time for myself. And coming from someone who has lived paycheck to paycheck, I mean, I moved out to my own apartment with my boyfriend, but I was making ten fifty an hour. My rent was 13 something. My car payment was $230. I had maybe $100 at the end of the month, and I hadn't even bought food yet. Like, I was living. And... I was lucky because my dad was still paying my health care and my dad was still paying the insurance on my car, but I barely made it by. My paychecks were like $600. So I get it. If I were to lose my job, even now, if I were to lose my job, things would be rough, but you make it work because you have to. So you can't take it so personal because things can happen. I can get fired right now what happened i mean i have a backup plan <laughs> sell my car uh go work at freaking mcdonald's if i have to and that's a lot because i'm a vegetarian but i'll do it <laughs> you know you got to make it happen because yeah you got a family and you got bills to pay and you know things happen um and i think too with that is know that quote unquote they don't care about you people will care about you Corporate does not care about you. At the end of the day, CEO is sitting at his house saying, that's just a sales associate. I can go out and find another sales associate. Yeah. And only you can look out for you. So I took it so personally, I think. But Did someone call you after? No. no. And you know what, too? I was thinking about this recently. Remember how we had a very nice meeting right before you left? Yeah. It's like, everybody tell Ricky you're going to miss about him. And I immediately cried. I couldn't even get a word out. They all came around to me and I just looked at Ricky and I started crying and I just walked away. But, um, I didn't get that. I did not get a nice heartfelt meeting of, you know, tell people, you know, tell Sydney that you're going to miss her. And I was there seven years and get that. That's jacked up. I, was not as appreciated. And there are people there. I'm not, you know, there are people there that miss me. But I think at the end of the day, overall, I don't know that my diff- my my being there affected certain people. It hurt me. to, <laughs> And it, I didn't no. notice that until after. Like so I was thinking about that. It did. You did. Well, affect. I know that I affect. You affected everyone. I think the issue was that she there goes that. <laughs> you weren't valued the way that you should have been valued. Uh-huh. Like, that's human decency is to, like, thank the person who 
you know, has been committed to like, this you, cause. You've been on the grind for like seven years yeah. and like not taking vacations and doing things you you shouldn't have had right. on your plate. And it's unfair that you didn't get the correct kind of send off. Yeah. Like even I don't know. I think I think they underestimated your willingness to leave also. Yeah. I think that might have also been a reason why. Maybe. Like it should have like you should have had a correct send off. And you did it because I I assume they thought they can pull you back in. Well. They tried. It didn't happen and I figured when I that didn't happen that they would be like, Okay, like she's leaving for real. Yeah. But also I've also left and I've come back. So maybe even though I said no they asked me to stay. They figured she'll be back. But you're visiting the people. You're not visiting. Yeah. Like you're not visiting like, the job. Like, no, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I definitely there are some people there that I really miss. I do want to see on a more regular basis. Yeah. But I did not get that send off, and that's the word. Like they will move on faster than you is something that I was like, oh wow, yeah. I'm still hurting, but they are completely fine. They are not completely fine. Well, they make it seem no, they're always certain people. They're always make it seem make like it seem they like don't even care. This is this is and the those game certain people play. I will avoid. Like I will text the people that I want to see and ask for the <laughs> schedules of the people that I don't, and I will go to the store accordingly because. I, and I don't even know if I'm going to go to that store now. I'll just tell people to meet me elsewhere. I don't know that I want to be walking into that and yeah. dealing with that. I, um, yeah, you, you definitely, I think it's, I think it's a game that is played to like, cause they don't want to make it seem like you were more valuable than you were. Yeah. There's a reason why you had some weird stuff happen at the end. Yeah. A There's a reason. Stuff. Uh, you know, it was a little different for me because they knew I, I told them, leave. I, I, yeah, I, you know, I mean, we all knew. Like, you were in school, you were working. That's definitely not what you wanted. You were working towards something. Yeah. And I was being talked to about their opportunities, and I was just like, no, I'm, I'm like, single focus right now. I think for you, one of the, this is one of the things I hate about, like, retail and, like, upper-level management. Like, they want you to declare that you want, that you're all in, and mm-hmm. that that you want to do this, like, you want your own place at some point. You want your own store. You want to run your own thing at some point. I think at that point is when they have you. They have you because you have declared allegiance yeah. to their cause, mm-hmm. meaning that she'll stick it out. Yeah. Like we might not have something ready for her in the next three years. Yeah. But she'll stick it out doing this. And I did for a long time. And you did for a long time. And you did move up. I did, but not as far but as I should have in seven years. Not as far as you should have. And what, this is this is also the issue. Like you can declare what you want to do, and it can be like, oh great, we got something in the works. But also, like you getting your own place, also having to compete with like other people who show up. Yeah, you have favoritism kick in, and oh, you yeah. have like we you had have a people crazy moving amount. in out of the company, and then there's just so much. There's so many like competing factors in that it's like it's a dangerous game to like like, to give your cards away, but at the same time you want to be in consideration. So I mean, I understand why. It's like this is one of the like games that they that they play, which I hated. It's like some people actually like 
We're all in. But you yeah. want to give it to this person over here, right? Who is like, not really, not really committed to yeah. it. You just like them, and you're willing to give them something that someone else wants badly. I'd rather give it to the person who wants it badly and yeah. teach them. But favoritism, you know, you. And it's I was, part of life. I was told, and I know you know who I'm talking about, and I know a lot of people who are going to know who I'm talking about. And I'm not trying to bash anybody, but there was a time when a certain somebody was working there when I was. And if there was a job opening, they would have given it to her 100%, even though I was there a lot longer than she was. But she made it, like, very big impact, and she was a favorite. And they, she, they sent her out to every store opening. And I know 1,000% if they would have promoted her, I would have walked out, like mid-shift walked out because I was not going to work for her and not because I don't like her and I don't value her. I know she was a good worker, but I, at that point I hadn't been promoted and I was very much like, when is the next opportunity for me? Like I'm ready to take that. And I know if that person had gotten promoted and they've told me straight up, like to my face, Oh, if she was here, it'd be a different story. You wouldn't be here. See, that's garbage. You should. That's garbage too. You I mean you should not tell somebody you shouldn't that. Talk to somebody like that. Like I, they told me you wouldn't have had a fighting chance. And I felt like towards the end, I didn't have a fighting chance for the next promotion, which is another factor of why I had to leave. Because who the frick wants to be a sales manager for, you know, like five years when you could be promoted to assistant mm-hmm. or whatever? But our store, I think, had a lot of favoritism. And I don't know if that's like that in every store. And I don't think it is because I've had a lot of retail jobs. I mean, there there is a some sort. I don't know about where we came from. But where we, no, where we came from was different. I'm talking like my, you know, my winter jobs when I decided to work two retail jobs at the same time because I'm crazy. Those places I felt like they didn't have that much favoritism. If someone was willing to move up, because they also had turnover too. Most Retail stores have a lot faster turnover than we did. Yeah. We were very much in this weird little bubble. Yeah. We had a time where stayed. everyone was around. It was like five plus years. Yeah. Ago. And the only reason I got promoted is because someone got pregnant. And the only <laughs> reason another person got pregnant or promoted is because a other manager freaked out and left. And I can see why she freaked out <laughs> at this point. I applaud her for leaving. Um, but yeah, I think our store had a lot of favoritism. There's a lot of things. Our store was a very weird store. There's a lot of things that went strange. Yeah. Because someone left and it opens up the door for the next person. But they already know who they're going to promote. Like they know. They have, yeah. They have an idea. And if they don't know, they're going to hang on to that like spot. Oh yeah. Like until now. they figure out. <laughs> Like right after you left, they decided not to per- or get anybody as a stock lead. And i that's the moment when we were in that meeting. That is the moment that I said the store is fucked. Because you cannot have two people doing a stock lead at 50%. You need someone with 100% focus. That is such an important job. And I was told after, I asked one of them, how did inventory go? And they made it seem like it went great, which it probably did. But they made it seem like it was them that did it. Like they, you know, did it in two months. But really it was you and I for the last 
seven months leading up to it, it was you and I that made that inventory good because you were at 100% focus. I was the pricing manager. You were the stock lead. Mm-hmm. It was up to us. If Ricky messed up and if I messed up, that's $1,000, $2,000 for some wrong <laughs> fabric. You wouldn't think fabric would cost $3,000 oh difference God. in a sofa, but it would. And if Ricky didn't catch the mistake and I didn't catch the mistake, and six months later the sofa is still there and I go to reprice it yep. and I reprice it correctly, there you go. $3,000 yep. gone. It's um, very easy to mess up. That also annoyed me when I when they when that person you know told me like inventory went well like we did I mean, it no thanks course, to you of, of course, course you're gonna say it went well because they don't want you, they don't want to give you the satisfaction yeah satisfaction and I knew that but it's like oh, God yeah come on I think because my my leaving was very sour yeah. it just left a lot of yeah a lot of sour things in that air. Yeah, don't take it personal. That's the last and final lesson I learned. Yeah. Don't take Definitely it personal. Don't take it personal. Because <laughs> they did not care. Do remember the lessons learned from that. Yes. Because oh yeah, there will definitely be similar situations that pop up. It may not be to that extent with right. that craziness. Hopefully. Like, <laughs> Hopefully I found a decent job here. <laughs> <laughs> There'll definitely be like those moments where it's like, uh, yeah, this reminds me of the time when, and then you just deal with it accordingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we're company I'm at now is kind of going through some changes mm-hmm. and I've been there for over six months now. And so I've seen people, like I, I work with, <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous, but I work with like a really exclusive unit. <laughs> like we got our own special room and stuff. Because <laughs> so, we don't want people are not allowed to see what we're doing, but like <clears throat> I've witnessed favoritism take place mm-hmm. in terms of like hiring someone, and then I've witnessed just today someone like got phased out. Wow! And I was like, wow, yeah. no warning, no nothing. It was all of a sudden, you know, you could you could kind of feel signs like that person is like taking phone calls, like kind of like like. You can't leave the building because we're in a high floor, but, like, they left the secret room or whatever. Yeah. And then it was just, it's just so, it's just so crazy to me because it's, like, there's no warning. There's no, like, camaraderie. There's no, like, oh, you know, it was great knowing you. Yeah. You know, and the, even another person, even, like, a week ago, the lady who helped recruit me, mm-hmm. they got rid of her. Oh, wow. And I was, like... Yeah. I asked her, like, what, what happened? Like, you just got here. Yeah. Like, you were here six months when you brought me in. Mm-hmm. I've been sit- here almost six months, and now, like, she was like, they just don't value my ideas or anything like that. But it's like, she's like, I kept, you know, kept working at it. Yeah. Trying to, trying to push my ideas forward of so course. they can, you know, tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can edit what I'm, yeah. edit the goal and then bring it back to you. But they're like... Oh, we moved your position overseas. Do you still want it? And she's like, I live here. Like, yeah. I live down the street. You don't want to pick up your life. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's a total cop-out because now there's no there's no position over there. Yeah. They just wanted to push her out. And politics is ugly. It's just ugly. It is. And someone someone always gets hurt, whether, whether you want to believe it or not. Like, yeah. someone always takes the L. 
that. And there's there's always someone who has to pick up the pieces, whether that be the people who have to pick up the work for it, but then they have to act like they're good mm-hmm. when really they're like, damn, I got too much work on my plate because they just didn't want to deal with so and so. And that's too ugly. like like corporate. They don't care about you because that person just saw. They didn't see the person. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, I mean, this is not an ideal world. If it was an ideal world, you would, you would have told her what she was doing wrong so she can fix it. And then if at the end of the day, still things didn't work out, you should have hired someone or gave her that chance instead of uprooting her life and her losing her job. And now probably got kids and a family and now she's scrambling to she's scrambling to figure, figure it, out. it out but that's because they don't see that they don't see that you are a person you have a kid to take care of they just see oh this isn't working out adios what tripped me out is that she was like i'll come say i'll come up and say bye to you mm-hmm. because it was like my leaving my leaving the old company was emotional for it me was so and emotional. i like <laughs> I haven't told anybody, but I, like, I, like, cried on the phone with this lady. She, like, cried on the phone with me. <laughs> so it's, like, we had that connection. Like, when I, like, when I went in for my first day and I saw her, we, like, had this, like, big hug and everything. It was, it was awesome. Aww. So that it was a little emotional Yeah. for me to hear that they kind of just, like, we don't need you no more. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just nasty. I, I think I think politics are nasty, and um, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> I don't think there. I don't know. There what else can to say be anything else. Those are my two main things. Well, I had four written down. All we right, kinda, we kind of just bounced. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of <clears throat> they both expanded a little bit. For those of you still in like that retail grind, I think for me time was precious. Yeah. Time was like uber precious to me, and it became ultra precious those last, the last nine months I worked at the store. It's a little too late to think of my time being that precious, but like, I used to work, you know, I used to try and squeeze 11, 12 hour days, uh, just to hit overtime in three days, and then, and then I'd just hit overtime for the rest of the week, <laughs> or they had to cut me, which means I had the entire weekend off. That, yeah, I plotted that out. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I wasn't so lucky <laughs> to plot that out. <laughs> but yeah, so um <clears throat> what was I saying? Oh yeah, time is precious. So the last nine months I just hit a point where I was like, okay, I gotta get out of here. This this has gotta change because I see the store changing mm-hmm. and I don't really like where the direction of where it's going. Yeah. And it's it's I think it was stupid of me. For, for me to take that long, like, my goal was not to be with... Oh, that's terrible. I didn't have the same goal as Sydney. Like, I wasn't wasn't ride or die, but I rode hard for the team at yeah. the same time. And I wasn't riding hard enough for myself. And I think that's, that's one of my biggest regrets is because I didn't, I didn't value what I was capable of enough to be like, all right. What's my plan to get out of here? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like I would take if something came along, I would take it. I wasn't really like going Actively after going it. Going at it, but like that night, that last nine months, I was like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, I'm doing whatever it takes to get out. Like I would literally study. So it you have to study 
to stay relevant in what's yeah. going on in that world because everything changes all the time. rapidly. Yeah. So my degree was three years old. So none of the stuff that I learned previously was up to date. So I knew stuff, but I ain't know nothing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so basically I studied in the morning, go to work, go home, study. Like I had to up my game like every day to figure out how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to get out of this cycle that seems that I feel like is holding me back from what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it hit me that like I didn't take enough time for myself i was steady like if this is not your goal like if if not being at retail the rest of your life is your goal mm-hmm. you should not be going home like dead tired no like it should well sunday well yeah sometimes not but... every day every day i was going home dog tired like i i was like if i don't if i don't feel like i carried a sofa on my back all day long i did, i felt like i wasn't working hard enough yeah like that's just how i felt that's the mentality that i had i still kind of have that I'm working on like you you need to whatever it is that you're trying to do that's what you should be focused on Mm -hmm. your job is just there to supplement your life carry you to the next point in your life and that was my biggest issue with because it felt like they were constantly pulling to see how much they could get out of you without really taking into account like look this is not this is not my end goal I don't want to be a stock lead need longer like if you want me to be here longer, have me do something else. Yeah. Because I've moved past, like, counting, and I'm going to make it sound real simple. I've, I've moved past opening boxes <laughs> and moving furniture around. Like, I'm past <laughs> it. Like, what's the, what's the next step? How do I make how do I make money from this? Because obviously, if I sell the sofa, I'm selling it for $3,000. How much how much percentage of that am I actually seeing? I'm not seeing any of it because they only pay me for labor to move stuff right. not for the actual sales yeah and to me because that's not my passion i didn't have see the value in it at that point so mm-hmm. i was like all right it's time to go like my time is precious so i got to work i started coming to work on time not early but on time mm-hmm. and i still was like okay i gotta knock it out throughout the day i had to figure out how to knock out my job quicker than i would if i gave myself that extra hour yeah and then I had to leave on time. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's five, four, three, whatever time I came in early, whatever time I'm closing, I got to get out of here. Like, I got to go do something. Whether or not I, I sat around, Yeah, I had to make it clear, like, my time was valuable. Yeah. Get out the way. That was a very big shock when you started leaving on time and coming in on time. It was like, whoa. This is a completely different side of Ricky. Yeah. Like, Ricky was always like, I'm going to stay late, do some paperwork. I'm going to, you know, I gotta, I'm gotta, i going to organize the back a little bit. But when you were like, it's five, I got to go, that's when it hit me. And I think it was one leaders meeting where it was like five something. And, of course, my lunch had been an hour past. And I was just kind of, I knew as soon as that meeting was done that I was going to be eating my lunch on the clock because everyone would have left but you were like excuse me it's 5 10 we need to leave i was supposed to leave 10 minutes ago <laughs> and that's when i was like wow wow ricky is really that's really changed he's really <laughs> changing his outlook on this place because that was not the ricky that i knew for the last six years yes. last seven years <laughs> seven Six and a half, seven years. I was like, yeah, 
yeah, I'll stay an extra hour. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I'll keep going. <laughs> and then, and then when I really think about it, the math, the math, and my, I started doing math in my head. I was like, <laughs> I can make more money flipping. I used to flip shoes. Side note, I used to think to myself, I can make more money flipping shoes in a week, and I can make this whatever hours that, mm-hmm. whatever overtime hours I can make more. Yeah. Than what the overtime hours were giving me. Yeah. Just by flipping the shoes. And that worked for a while. Um, <laughs> right up until I left. I still have some inventory left. But, you know, whatever. So maybe if you're interested, go to <laughs> Ricky's Instagram. Hey. I only got, well, no, I only have one pair left. Oh, okay. Because I gave my other pair to my brother. <laughs> Slide it into his DMs, people. <laughs> yes, DMs are, are welcomed. Don't send in any, anything nasty. No. I will block you. That's gross. <laughs> but, but yeah, they are they are open. Alright. So that's that's all my points. Um yeah. I know I was kinda of long winded and kind of chatty patty today. But you got anything else? I don't think so. Are you sure? Yeah. Alright. Alright. Cool. So uh, we can now officially say that we are on Apple, we're on Google, and we are on Spotify, and a whole bunch of other podcasts, stuff, so whatever you guys are <laughs> listening to, please subscribe to our channel, please continue to listen, um, give us feedback, you know, if you want to give us something, if it's going to make you come back, then Ricky and I will take that into consideration um you can follow me on instagram at sydney underscore kircher you can follow ricky at ricky d patrick <laughs> r-i-c-c-i d-p-a-t-r-i-c-k i changed my handle from last couple weeks um but it's gonna stay like that for a while so just go to that ricky d patrick all right see you all next wednesday peace out have a good week